This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And uh, good morning to you on this Saturday, 21st day of April. Yes, indeed. Charlie Dobbin, uh, to you I say, my friend, welcome back. We're here to yak. Gotta save your back. We'll talk about CRZ later. Oh, man. Hi, Frank. (laughs) Good morning, Charlie. And how are you? Gee, I'm I'm good. Why, do I sound down or something? No, not at all. You sound (laughs) like your perky self. I am... Speaking of perky, uh, yes. two weeks ago, uh, Dennis sat yes. in this chair with you. Yes, and, and you I were was on your way driving to Peterborough, to, Peterborough mm. to go to the Peterborough Garden Show, which mm-hmm. I might add was a lot of fun and pretty pretty cool thing. However, I almost called in <laughs> when I was listening to you and Dennis. You were just teasing me in my absence extremely. We sort of got in your face, did we? Uh, (laughs) And I wasn't here to to come back at you. (laughs) Darn good thing. (laughs) Yeah, Dennis and I formed a little club. You know, let's beat up Charlie Day. The boys club (laughs) thing was going on there, yes. Well, we had a lot of fun. He's he's a great guy. Yeah, he he is. He is a good guy. I mean, he's not as good as me, but he's a good guy. I just thought I'd throw that in. Heaven forbid. (laughs) Gee. Uh, David Gaskin, good morning to David, our yeah. producer. I uh, better get the phone numbers out oh, here before you do anything, anything else, okay? To reach Charlie Dobbin at the Garden Show here at AM 740, here's what you do in Toronto. Call 416-360-0740. Then anywhere else in the province, it's toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. And the mantra is... Call early, call often, one question per call. There we go. Oh, very well done. And right off the bat, you've got announcements ready to go. I've got lots of announcements. There's lots going on. Uh, First of all, did you know tomorrow's Earth Day? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you would know that, right? Because you're just on top of these things. (laughs) Sure, I'm I'm a a font of information. (laughs) I know. So because tomorrow's Earth Day, there are lots of things going on all over the place. I Mm. mean, whether it's, you know, pick up trash in the street or, you know, turn down your, your, uh, you know, use of electricity. There's a lot of people making an effort to sort of look after the Earth. Well, uh, there's a lot of fun going on at Toronto Botanical Gardens tomorrow as well. From noon until 4 o'clock in the afternoon, there's uh, activities for children and adults. The Some of the children's um, activities, the staff will be on hand to help the kids build birdhouses from recycled materials, plant a take-home container, meet the worms, and other creative hands-on experiences. Meet the worms. I'm in on that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, you'd like that one. 
Now, for uh, there's children's hikes at 1 o'clock and 3 o'clock out to the teaching garden, and the kids will be planting up vegetables that will eventually be donated to the North York Harvest Food Bank. Oh, that's nice. The older crowd, Toronto Botanicals head gardener Sandra Pella and director of horticulture Paul Zamet, will welcome the older crowd into the TBG's kitchen garden to plant this year's crop of Asian vegetables and herbs. What they do is in the kitchen garden every year they pick a country and then they celebrate that country and that country's food by planting it in the spring and then, of course, growing it all through that entire year. And then it's harvested and served during a popular taste of uh, taste of the garden. And in this case, this year, it'll be taste of the garden China uh, event on August 16th. Mm. So it's kind of fun. Like it's a it's an all seasonal event. Whole bunch of bok choy coming up. <laughs> Well, I like bok choy. Oh, good. good. But, I, but I imagine there's, you're mm-hmm. right. There would be all that, and there'll be, there'll be a lot more than that. Uh, also at Toronto Botanical Gardens, next Sunday, April 29th at 1 o'clock, Raymond Evison. Now, he's a pretty special guy. Anybody who knows anything about Clematis knows the name Raymond Evison. He's direct from Guernsey, England. He's flying in. He's a world-renowned Clematis breeder and respected authority. He is providing an illustrated talk in the garden hall of the Toronto Botanical Garden. Uh, the topic, of course, is Clematis for today's gardens, and he'll be including some of his best new introductions. It is a rare opportunity for uh, anybody who's a Clematis lover. Meet this titan of the Clematis world. Well. Uh, admissions $5, and uh, bring correct change. <laughs> That's, I like that one. Funny little addendum there. Exactly. Yeah. Now, here's another one with a good addendum. This is uh, a week tomorrow, so uh, April 20. What am I saying? It's tomorrow, um, Sunday, this Sunday. Hello, tomorrow. <laughs> I'm losing track of the dates. Tomorrow, the Toronto Region Rhododendron and Horticultural Society annual plant sale. And I think Dennis might have mentioned this one when he was here two weeks ago. It's tomorrow from 10 until 3 or until the plants are sold out. <laughs> that's right, yes. <laughs> so that's pretty cute. Now, uh, yeah, I do want to just say a shout out to the Peterborough crowd. It was uh, really a lot of fun being at the garden show. It's been many years since I was there, uh, way, way back, speaking in the past. And uh, so I had some, did a little bit of speaking there, but I also ran around with the microphone and talked to different vendors, chatted up old friends. Uh, one in particular particular Cecil Lamrock of Lamrock Nursery in Port Perry was there and I hadn't seen him in so long and it was just really nice to see him he's he was always a, a rose guy mini rose mm-hmm. breeder plant grower so I would sell them so when I saw him and he had some roses but he had a lot of perennials too and I go what's with the perennials he goes oh I've expanded my inventory uh, he's doing all these different uh, hostas and things now so and so he he reached down and he grabbed one and he goes okay this one's for you it represents what we do so he handed me a hosta to take home, and the name of the hosta he gave me is called Risky Business. Uh-huh. <laughs> now, if I were he, I would have handed you a potted mum. <laughs> yes, yes. Except Read into that what you will, my friend. <laughs> he didn't have any potted mums. Uh, okay, something special going on. I know I've, I'm almost out of time, but just quickly, St. James Park. Mm-hmm. Remember the park where the uh, Toronto um, oh, the living protest thing thank you, yeah. was happening mm. for all those months and weeks? And then last fall, Landscape Ontario gang went in there and, and rejuvenated the park. Yeah, bless your heart. Exactly. Well, today, the turf guys are back. Uh, they are there in the park all day today. They are going to be doing some spring turf care. This includes aeration, fertilizing, 
top dressing and overseeding of the the sod that they laid last fall. Uh, And they are there to speak to homeowners who want any information on growing turf. So they'll be doing some little mini seminars there as well. So anybody who's in the area of St. James Park wants to swing by, say hello to the the gang that's working there, pick their brains, chip in and help, learn more about how to have good, healthy turf. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Well, there you are. As I said, you're a font of information. My gosh, as always, Charlie Dub and the Garden Show on the air from AM 740 with yours truly, the sous chef, uh, Franklin Proctor. Mm -hmm. It is 9-12, so we better scoot along here and uh, leave things to David Gaskin to handle in the control room there. And we'll be back with our callers in a moment. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, phlox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Well, we're back. Oh, we're back. Here we are we're chatting away about sunscreen. <laughs> sunscreen and stuff like that. Well, let's not screen the callers any further. I'm going right to Minden for Mike and uh, see what's on his mind. Good morning, Mike. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Charlie, I have a hard time hearing. Can you raise your voice? Uh, sure, but go ahead and ask your question, and it may be better for you to hang up than turn your radio back up, and you can listen to the answer. Um. Not radio. I can't hear you from radio. I can turn computer on. Oh, oh it's computer. Gotcha. Okay. Okay, yeah. well, I'll talk as loud as I can, Mike, and you go ahead and ask your question. Okay. My question is, we bought some uh, potting soil uh, from store. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we planted our plants, the plant is a very succulent one. It's a call. Busy Lizzie. Mm-hmm. Busy Lizzie. Okay. Okay. It originates from Scotland. Hmm. And uh, it developed in in this potting soil. Came some uh, black, very small black flies. Mm-hmm. They are smaller than fruit flies. Yes. But black. But they do fly around like fruit flies. Uh, yes. And then they go into soil and deposit eggs. Yes. And develop more flies. Yes. And somehow they go into this plant and they kill plant. Uh, okay, so here's what, what the, the insect that's flying around, and you're right, is laying eggs in the soil, is called a fungus gnat. Oh. So fungus, like the word fungus. fungus. Yep, and then G-N-A-T, gnat. Now, it is, it is a little tiny, tiny gnat. I, I have to let my wife write this down. Okay. Fungus, gnat. Did you say gnat? Yep, yeah. G-N-A-T. G-A-N-A-T. Oh, Jesus, Murphy. G-N-A-T. Anyway. Okay. Okay, and, and you know, if you... The other thing is, remember, Mike, if you don't catch all the information now, the show is podcast, so you can re-listen to the show again uh, later, in a couple of days, uh-huh. uh, this information that you and I are sharing right now will be on your computer on the AM740 website. Oh, okay. okay, so just remember, if you, mi- if you miss anything now, you can listen again. All right. So, now, I'm asking you a question. How can I kill these bugs? Okay, so here's how you're going to kill these bugs. Number one, you're going to cut back on your watering. You're not going to keep the soil as moist. 
you're only going to water when the soil is very, quite, quite dry. So you're going to allow the soil to dry to the point where when you feel it, it feels dry on the surface. But that will kill my plant at the same time. Well, it because uh, it, this is a plant you feel that needs to be kept so wet? Yes. And you called it Busy Lizzie. Busy. Yep. Lizzie. Busy, yes. Because what I think of as commonly referred to as Busy Lizzie is a form of impatience. But you, yes. Okay, so it is a form of impatience. Yes, uh, it's, uh, leaves are green and white. Okay, yeah, so it's a variegated impatience, I guess. Uh, and it's got flowers, obviously. Yes, okay. year around. Uh, all right, so what I would do is um, uh, it won't kill your plant to have it dry. Not You know, watch the plant. When the leaves start to um, droop, then you can water. But in the meantime, do not keep the soil always wet, nor do you want the plant to always be in wet soil for because it will rot to the roots eventually if you do that. And, of course, the more moisture in the soil, the more fungus in the soil. The more fungus in the soil, the f- more fungus gnats you have because they will eat the fungus and their um, rate of their population growth is very proportional to the amount of food available. So by allowing the soil to dry down between waterings, you'll lower your fungal uh, amounts and you'll lower your fungus gnats as well. And the other thing I find use, uh, I've used that works very well is a product that you'll buy at wherever, Home Depot, uh, you know, Canadian Tire, and it's, you'll find it in, in the area where they've got the garden center, uh, uh, pesticides, etc. And it's a, an item called Sticky Sticks, made by Safers. Uh, sticky sticks are just these bright yellow little pieces of sticky paper, kind of like the old fly paper. Fungus gnats. I understand. I already have them. Okay. And you're trapping the fungus gnats that way? Yes. Good. So that when you trap the adults, the theory is that you'll have, if they're trapped, they can't lay eggs. So you'll lower your population and ultimately eliminate the population of fungus gnats using those two methods. Less water or just watering as required as opposed to keeping things constantly moist and using the sticky sticks. That's your, that is your best form. I mean, you could do a soap and water drench to the soil once, if you like, when it's time to water. Uh, the soap and water proportions are 40 parts water to one part soap. And you we can water the plant so into the soil. That will also help eliminate some of the larvae that are in the soil. But if you keep doing that soapy thing over and over, eventually that will be very hard on the plant and will kill the plant. So once only. Okay. Okay. Good, good luck with that, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Thank you, too. Okay. 920, uh, in fact, 921 here at AM 740. And just before we go to our next caller, uh, Jack in from uh, Welland, we'll uh, get a little exercise going here. We need our exercise first thing in the morning. Oh, even David Gaskin is joining <laughs> doing jumping jacks was, in the next room. I'm glad he's not in, in the lycra that you sometimes well, wear. Well, yes. I left my lycra suit at home. Uh, I thought I'd... Ease into it gradually again. <laughs> I'll tell you, I mean, I'm having it cleaned actually. With my after that, um, outfit. yes, um, I've been doing a lot of eating, and um, <laughs> uh, yes, I do need some exercise. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't want to go there. I'm afraid to step on the scale. <laughs> so, so for those of us that want to stay active, whether we're active to try and think about our weight or to just stay, you know, be yeah. busy. Whether I mean, I've got a lot of work to do in my garden. Uh, you obviously want to get back to your kickboxing because I know you've been laying off on that a little while. And any of us who want to carry on with our golfing and our walking and the activities that make us happy and keep us young, 
there can be joint pain um, attached to some of our aging bodies, and Sierra Sil can really help with relieving uh, joint pain, whether it's knees or ankles or wrists or anything. So Sierra Sil is something that both Frank and I take on a daily basis. It's a completely natural mineral supplement, three little pills taken at the right time, working around your your food, etc., does make a real difference for us. And it will make a difference for you or your money is guaranteed back within 14 days. And that's where their phone number comes from, which is 1-877-JOINT-14. Or you can buy Sierracil in your local health food store. Uh, Goodness Me Natural Foods in Burlington, Hamilton, and Waterdown all carry Sierracil. There you go. Thank you, Charlie. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size, there's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem, well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And a good morning from the sous chef, Frank Proctor, as we say hi to um, Sharon in West Lorne. Is rhubarb the subject of discussion? Hello, Sharon. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning, uh Frank, I, I got to turn my radio down just a minute. No okay. problem. All righty. Yeah, that's always the best. You get yeah. feedback otherwise. That's, yeah, it hurts. The ears. Okay. Chicken. Are you back, Sharon? Thank you. Okay. Um, yes, rhubarb. Uh, I transplanted uh, some rhubarb about two years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, our land is clay, and I put some um, compost in that with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it came up the next year. And it's just maybe about the size of my little finger, so I didn't reap anything off it. Mm -hmm. Uh, This year, it's come up again. It's about the same size with just little thin strips on it. It's about six inches high, and that's as far as it goes. Mm -hmm. It doesn't get any bigger than that to, uh, to get any off. And I was wondering what I could do, if there was any fertilizer I could put with it or... Uh, well, here's a question. How much sun is it getting? Oh, it's getting all day sun. Really? And you you said you've got a fairly heavy clay soil, but you did incorporate compost when you did the yes, transplanting. I did. When you transplanted it, was it was it a little tiny slip of, of rhubarb no, or was it, was it it was a clump. I called you before yeah, and I, remember. I transplanted it at the wrong or dug it up at the wrong time, but but it was from another place mm-hmm. that I was moving from. Right. And um uh, so you told me to put it in a pot and then plant it, in the and spring, that which right, I did, right. and it it came up next year, mm-hmm. and that. But um, the this year and that it's come up again, but it's just a little. But it's little it's not still in that pot, is it? No, no, no. no yeah, no, so I it's plant, in the ground. Yeah. That. No, I replanted it like you told me. Okay, so here there there's sort of two schools of thought when it comes to feeding or fertilizing plants. And your timing to ask this question is good because spring is when we should be feeding all our garden plants. Yeah. So whether it's our lawns or our you know fruits and vegetables, uh, trees, shrubs, all everything needs to be fed in the spring. So one school of thought is uh, the organic thinking, where you say you know what, I want to feed with organic-based products. So it'll be things like compost, uh, composted manure. Uh, it will be, um, it could be fish emulsion. It could be any product that is from natural sources. And when we feed with those organic fertilizers, it's, a, it's always, um, the, when they're from natural sources, you'll find that they feed slowly over a long period of time. The other school of thought is, well, n- no, I want 
instant gratification. I want my plants fed quickly and showing me that they've been fed. And that's where the synthetics can be very effective. So when we feed with synthetics, like miracle Grow comes to mind. Any, I, I, I watered it with miracle Grow. You did already. So, yeah. so keep in mind that is fertilizer. So when you have you know, done the dilution of the miracle Grow as per the instructions, yeah. and then you've watered thoroughly with that, you are providing nutrient, and it's instantly available to the plant. There's none of this slow release needs to be broken down to be available uh, when it comes to the elements and the, you know, the, the actual um, molecules that the plant is going to be able to absorb. It's there right away, and it's available right away. So you should see a response. However, keep in mind that it is appropriate to, to use the fertilizer that you've used uh, once a month right through until the end of July. After the end of July, we don't use any more fertilizer at all. Okay. Uh, and yes, it might take a little while for that plant to get big enough to be harvesting, but I'm surprised. Like it should, that usually rhubarb's pretty pretty vigorous. Like yeah, it's usually yeah. pretty ready to go. Um, I'm, I'm just I'm wondering if it was planted maybe a little bit too deep. It could be, you know, like yeah, so I'm wondering if there's something like that going on or if the, the below, it's just like a, a serious clay bowl that it got transplanted into and maybe you need to get more compost in there because you can never, ever, you never go wrong adding organic material around a plant, okay. no matter what the quality of the soil. Okay. 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 There you yeah. go. Okay, that's great. And Thanks if you think it's much. too deep, then, okay. then consider raising it for sure. Okay, have a good weekend. Thanks, Sharon. Thanks, Bye. Sharon. West Lauren heard from this morning, 928 the time, as we check in with Jack in Welland. Good morning, Jack. Good morning. 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 I'm uh, calling for an orchid, mm-hmm. and I have uh, it, it flowered, and now it's all, the flowers are all gone. So what do I do with it next? Well, and is this um, an orchid that's <clears throat> probably the most common orchids we're seeing out there these days called Phalaenopsis or a moth right, orchid? Right, right. Okay. Yeah, that's what it's called. All right, so the trick with the Phalaenopsis, they are they shouldn't be too hard to grow. Oh, okay. uh, they are supposed to be the easiest, actually, of all the orchids out there. Okay. Um, the, the things they're looking for, it, particularly as summer is coming, you do not want that orchid in a super hot window. <clears throat> so you, if it's been, where have you had it up until now? Is it in a... I did have it in a south window. Okay. It did, yeah. Okay. So south window tends to be a bit intense, unless you've got sheer drapes or something over the window. Yeah, well, the sun was not on it. Right. In the winter, that's good. The wind, you know, the sun was... Um, was, was not on it. Was no, not on it. was not on it. So that's fine. So, I mean, you can keep it in the same room that it was in. I would take it out, <clears throat> excuse me, out of the window. Uh-huh. Maybe five, six, even as many as ten feet away from the window. Okay. So it's in a bright spot for the summer. Does not have to be in direct sunlight. Be careful with your watering. Only water as required. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's very hard to know when that is. Yep. Uh, some people have a lot of luck with the ice cube method of watering, which is two or three ice cubes per week. Uh-huh. Sat right on the bark. Is, it, or is the orchid planted in bark, do you know, or is it in something else? In bark. It is in yeah. bark. So if you you can see the bark there, you literally once a week, you know, every Monday, every Sunday, whatever, place two or depending on the size of the pot, three ice cubes on that bark and it slowly melts and it slowly trickles down through the bark and will provide moisture to the orchid. And it's enough moisture in most cases for the plants. Otherwise, it, it's really... Uh, you know, summers tend to be humid enough that we don't worry about lack of humidity. But, of course, come winter and the furnace is on, make sure there are no drafts on the plant and do spritz it or provide a method of the humidity to be increased around the plant for the best yeah, success. I uh, took it out of that south window and I mm-hmm. put it down into the laundry room. Mm-hmm. 
which is a northeast window, mm -hmm. and it's got a lot of moisture in the room. Sure, in the room. Yeah, that sounds good. Yes. So I thought I'd keep it in there. Sure, you could. Yep. Yeah, once the flowers are gone, mm -hmm. how long does it take for more flowers to come, do you know? Well, now that the flowers are done, it is appropriate to fertilize once with an orchid fertilizer. Okay, so that's a you know special fertilizer you'll you'll purchase, and then of course follow the directions. Mm -hmm. To fertilize uh, the orchid now is just to help it regroup and rebuild some strength to be ready to flower again. And some people have a lot of success with orchids just continually uh, promoting little. You you'll see little flower stalk. Uh, emerging, and that'll tell you that it's going to start flowering again. So just keep an eye on it, and uh, and. Would I send some seeds also? I got a little little brown thing here. It's like a little ball, uh -huh. and it's. Um I, I would think there's seeds in there. I'm not sure. Yes, it probably is a fruit because that's what uh, plants do. And yeah, I mean, you could try planting those seeds if you want. It will be something that's a little tricky to, to you know, take. I do a little research on, and I'm happy to do that for you if you like, but do a little research on propagating orchids from seeds. And it's going to be, like you say, it won't be just like planting a, uh, a tomato I've seed. I've got a branch here that is a dark brown, mm -hmm. and the other one is green. Now, what's the reason for that? You say a branch, like a long, skinny stem? Long, skinny stem. Okay, so that green... Got two orchids. Oh, okay. So that long, skinny green stem is a flower stem by the sounds of it? Yeah. Whereas if any stem that's brown, if you follow the tip right from the brown tip all the way down, if it's brown right to the bottom, yes. then with a sharp pair of scissors, you can cut that out. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, maybe I'll do that then. All right. Okay. Good stuff. Thanks very, so much for your good, call. Yeah. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you. It is 9.33 here at AM 740, the garden show on the air. And by the way, if you uh, <clears throat> maybe are a little shy about talking to Charlie on air, that's okay. Just uh, give her a shot on the email there at cdobbin, that's D-O-B-B-I-N, at am 740ca Let's say hi to Gloria calling in from Port Dover. Good morning, Gloria. Good morning. Morning. Good morning, Charlie. Uh, last year you gave a formula for ant killer with borax and sugar, and I think I'm missing some part of that formula, and I wondered if you happen to have it. Hmm. I might have it here. It's borax and water and sugar. Water. Uh, okay, yeah. that's what I'm missing, yeah. water. Um, and if you don't want to make the recipe yourself, remember that if you, uh, again, go to your local garden center or home center, and when and look, it's, they've got it out on the shelves now. Um, the various uh, sort of, I was going to say, you know, herbicides, pesticides, fungicides that are available to homeowners to control any pests in their gardens. You'll find something on the shelf called Ant Killer, and it's just like a little bottle. It's uh, maybe you know stands three or four inches tall, and the name on it will be Ant Killer. And if you read what's in that bottle, it'll tell you that it's borax and sugar and water. Oh, okay. That so that is your the same recipe, and of course the idea is anywhere you've got ant problems, little dots of this of this little um, it's it's very they're very attracted to it. They're very attracted to the sugar, and then they the worker ants take the little um, drops of these liquids back to the nest, feed it to the babies and to the queen and everybody else, and of course it's the borax that kills them, and they don't know that the borax is in there, so don't say this too loud. They might hear us. <laughs> so they, uh, they take it back, they eat the borax and the sugar, and they uh, eventually the, the colony will die. It's the same thing that's inside the ant traps, you know, the little metal yeah. traps? Yeah. That's exactly what the bait is that's inside there as well. 
I know I've tried many, many things, but I have a huge driveway and mm. there's so many ants and uh, they keep coming back year after year. And that's why I thought if I could make yeah. it myself. Yeah, I'd be less expensive. And is, is your area. driveway, is it an interlock driveway or is it asphalt? Interlocking brick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that, yeah, even Frank goes, oh, yeah. Because yeah. we know that the interlocking brick, of course, is typically installed over top of sand. Uh-huh. And those ants, man, that's just, oh, yeah, they got that's under ant hotel. Yeah. Mining all the time. I know. Yes. What boiling water? Does that work? I find boiling water. See, the trick is you never, I, I have, you rarely, you're not going to ever kill every ant, no matter how much you try. It's, it's no. not going to work. The idea is that you want to make it an environment in which they are not happy. Right. And that's where boiling water can be very effective, I find, as well. So that's a good suggestion, Frank. Um, the boiling water, it's like, oh, my gosh, let's go grab the eggs and run. And, of course, <laughs> so I, I consider myself an ant herder and I'm constantly herding the ants into different directions on my property, preferably towards the neighbor that's closest. <laughs> it's just like, move along, move along, you know, get out my little whip and my... <laughs> so herd them off the property and I know it's tough. If you've got a big driveway, they do they do tend to move right in. But but boiling water, like really hot water in the cracks and crannies, yep, that'll, that'll make them skedaddle. Okay, thank you so much. <laughs> You're thank welcome. you. You've, you've provided lots of entertainment here in the studio, that's for sure. Charlie Dobbin uh, becoming uh, <laughs> basically uh, a movie producer there. <laughs> Grab the ants and run. I can just see it all now. You know, I should consider that's a second career, you know. I can maybe just get into that ant herding. Well, Make a new business card, you know. Yeah. Charlie Dobbin, ant herder. <laughs> An ant her girl. Okay, then. Whatever you say, Charlie. Hey, Eva in Mississauga, help us out here. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I have a problem with my gardenia plant. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if I'm overwatering it, but some of the leaves are getting brown at the tips. Okay, and this is a gardenia? Yeah. Okay. Uh, how long have you had it? Uh, about six months. Oh, my. And you've had good success up till now. I've had lots of flowers. Wow. Nothing prettier smelling than, than a gardenia. Well, they do like to be kept pretty constantly moist. Okay. However, the brown tips indicate to me perhaps uh, it could be some salts in the water. Do you, uh, is it tap water that you're watering with? Uh, yeah, basically, but I keep it uh, standing for a while. Yeah, okay. For a while, like as in a day or two or a couple at least of... A day. At least a day. Um, hmm. And what about fertilizer? Have you been fertilizing at all? Um, I had one of those fertilizer sticks which I stuck in by the roots. Okay. And you did that a few months ago? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So don't do that again. Okay. Because uh, that, that fertilizer stick should be good for... Um, well, how long did it say on the package? How long was it going to be good for? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So I, they're usually good for for a while, you know, a number of months. Um, yeah, that would be my thinking. Is that when you see those brown tips, you know, spider plants. This always happens on spider plants. It always happens on dracaena. You know, the long, um, narrow leaves of dracaena. The tips turn brown, and it's it, no matter how perfectly you water, those little tip browning bits are all connected to minerals in the water. Oh, it's not overwatering. Not usually, and it's hard to overwater a gardenia. 
Okay. So that, I mean, I guess the only other thing would be to start using distilled water on the plant because uh, that way you are mineral free. It's a completely. Is there any thought given to uh, kind of flushing it, uh, letting it, you know, really mm. soak it and, and then let it drain? Uh, yeah. Some of the salts would, would disappear with it or? Potentially. But if you're, if you're doing your flushing with the same water that's causing the problem, mm. um, yeah. then you're not going to be any further ahead. If you're going to do a flushing idea, which again isn't a bad idea, you would need to use distilled water, something that can actually take some of those minerals out. Uh, when we flush with tap water, it's because we've had salt build up from fertilizing so much, which sometimes happens, or the plant's been in the same pot for so long. But you said you've had this plant for about six months, so it's not like you've had it for a super long time. Okay. Okay. So uh, distilled water would be my suggestion. Trim the brown. Um, keep the water. Rainwater. Can you collect rainwater? No, I'm in a condo. Mm. Okay. Um, yeah, because rainwater's the best, yeah. really, when you want mineral free. Uh, yeah. Tr- yeah. Trim the brown off and allow your water to sit out as long as you possibly can. Uh, buy distilled water and no more fertilizer. I have filtered water. Could I use that? Yep. Well? Yep. I would, yeah, like Brita type filtered water. Yeah, right. Try that. Try that. I mean, it's not truly, it still has minerals, which are salts, but it might just be a different situation. And again, do allow it to sit out. Okay. The, you know, make sure it's at room temperature at least, because we don't, the plants don't want cold water either. Right. Okay. Thank you very okay, much. Okay. Thank, thank you, you, Eva. And uh, you are listening to The Garden Show here at AM 740. Just thought I'd pass along those phone numbers again, just in case some of you are brand new listeners and haven't got them tacked up on your fridge. 416-360-0740. That's the Toronto line. And anywhere else in Ontario, toll-free call 1-866-740-4740. And Charlie and I shall return after these words. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And I'm the sous chef for The Garden, Frank Proctor, thanking you very much for tuning our way. And uh, Charlie, all set to have a little word here with Ipolo in Port Colburn. Good morning. Hello. Morning. Good morning. Good morning. Okay. Um, first of all, okay... Um, Charlie and Frank, okay, I would like to thank you, okay, for giving me the information on how to get the almond to germinate. And I have three trees about four feet tall. Wow. Amazing. What I would like to know now, when is the proper time to spray fruit trees with fungicide and pesticide after the dormant spray? Okay, great question, actually. Uh, assuming you've sprayed with your dormant spray, yes. uh, the trick now, it's all about the weather. And uh, with this, we've had some very dry weather. Yes. Remember, fungal diseases do not grow or spread easily when it's dry and hot and sunny because fungal spores usually travel in moisture. So it requires rain to splash on to the fruiting bodies and the spores will be dispersed in the raindrops. What we do when when we're concerned about fungal diseases on any fruit trees, and this includes crab apples, this includes roses and, you know, raspberries, anything that, that is susceptible to fungal diseases, we do all of our spraying around the weather. So dry weather, nothing to worry about. Right now, with the kind of uh, moisture that is in the forecast, 
today, right now, is the day to go out with a fungicide and spray. Now, it's going to be a copper sulfate you're going to spray with as a fun, fun, fungicide, and you will be spraying prior to the rain event, preferably, and then post the rain event, trying to annihilate any fungal spores that have germinated in all this moisture and spread to any of our plants. Okay, the question was, okay, what stage of the, when it's flowering, okay, the, I'm not supposed to spray, right? Correct. When, when, when the fruit start to form, that's the time that I have to be concerned about spraying. Right? Honestly, starting right now is when you have to be concerned about spraying. Starting even right now, though, if there are flowers, you wouldn't do any spraying. But okay. if there were no flower, there's no color on the tree at all. It could be green flower buds you can spray. But as soon as the, the plant starts to crack color, we stop doing any kind of uh, spraying. But um, honestly, right now, apple scab, um, fire blight, uh, there are several fungal diseases that right now are, we prevent our fungal diseases. We don't suddenly worry about them when we see the fruit. We prevent them by spraying in advance of the, the fungal diseases becoming um, prevalent in the plant. Okay, I think I get the picture. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, Thank with, you Good question, though. And with yeah. insects, of course, it's more of an examining the plant, keeping an eye on it. If you yeah. see insects, then you will spray in response so, to the insects. So it's definitely before the bud open. Yep. Okay, yep. and after the fruit start to show. That's right. The bud. That's right. Exactly. Okay. But no spraying when flowering. Okay. Thanks Thank for your you call, Ipolo. Good Dime. luck with that. From Port Colbert. Uh, Dime, my wife is going to be directing a show down there at Showboat Theater this summer. Really? Yeah, called Old Love. It's a great, nice. great little show. Sounds like a good show. Yeah, uh, she has a ball. Still directing, bless her heart. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, 9.46 our time, so I better uh, rush right along here to say hi to Anna in Beamsville. Good morning, Anna. Good morning. Good morning, Frank and Charlie. Uh, I'm a first-time caller over here on your show. Oh, great. Welcome. Welcome to the show. I love your show. I listen all the time but never call. But this time I really have to call you because I just hear a lady asking about ants on her driveway. Yes. Wow. I'm using ready very good number of years, really natural remedy, and that is cinnamon powder. Oh, really? Oh. It's the best what you could ever use. Everybody, uh, my first neighbor asking me, what on earth did you put over there? <laughs> your ants are gone in, in, in uh, 15, 20 minutes. Really? And so you just sprinkle right onto the mound? Uh, right about where is the uh, uh, ants uh-huh. and their nest. Uh-huh. You sprinkle there, and they are gone in 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, no they don't wow. like it at all, eh? No, they try and going all around, and uh, especially this year. Every year they come on, on the other spot, yep. and uh, when I see them, then I spray over them, and then I spray all over my house where I know that they, uh, would, they well, might going to come sure. out, and they're gone. Yeah, that's right, and they oh, won't cross it. So you do you sprinkle it around the perimeter of your house. Yeah, uh, and and when you sprinkle it on where the ants are living, is it like a really thick, like you can see a brown layer, or yes. do you just yeah? Okay, yes. so you do a fairly solid layer. Yes. So you go to the bulk barn and you buy bags of cinnamon powder, and that's right, and not too expensive, well, and sprinkle that. And it's natural; it's, it's yeah. not going to kill actually ants. They're going to move someplace else, like you said, to neighbor house or someplace else. <laughs> that's <Yeah>. right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. Thanks so much for that. I hope Gloria is still listening. She was the one who had the ants in her driveway, and uh, yeah. My son had uh, ants. Uh, he lived up north. Mm-hmm. 
And he had a drive, a little bit older one, and it was cement driver, and they was coming out of, uh, you know, uh, and I come over there and I spray with uh, uh, powder, cinnamon powder, and they were gone. Excellent. Well, how about that? All right, good to hear. And you don't have to keep replacing it after rain because, of course, the ants no, have moved on. No, they don't come back. Nice. They will come back next year. Right. That means once a year I do that. Stay on top of it. Great idea. And, you know, one of the things I find with ants is they sometimes make a, a, a home or a nest right underneath one of the plants in the garden. And, of course... I don't use it there. I just leave them. I don't know if it, probably be very good to do that, but I don't use it in the garden. Okay, okay, I wondered. Because like, they only, always Do kill. you think it's a, it's a need to be used it over there? Where is it? Well... If it's in the garden or ants, uh, I think that ants are uh, nice to have over there to eat that larva of... Uh, bed insects. That's right, because ants are scavengers and they clean up uh, dead things in the garden. So you're right about that. And they don't eat the plants. But what I find happens is when, if they make a nest right underneath a plant, they excavate all the soil away from the roots of the plant because that's what ants do when they're making their little, their nest. And the plant ends up dying because the roots are all exposed to air. So sometimes I get a little frustrated by, by the ants in the garden because they end up killing the plants that they're, you know, it's one thing if they're between the plants, but when they're right under a plant, it can be a problem. So I'm going to try that cinnamon powder. I'll let you it's know. Cinnamon powder. They're going to be gone. You will see it. Okay. I'm going <laughs> hey, to you... report back on that because I've got a few places to test this. <laughs> did, did you know, Anna, did you know that uh, cinnamon has no taste? It's all in the smell. You sometimes yeah. take take some cinnamon. I've tried this. A buddy of mine showed me, and I didn't believe it till I tried it. You plug, just hold your nose, yeah. and put some cinnamon in your mouth. You will it's absolutely no taste until you start to breathe again, and you smell the cinnamon, which gives you the impression that it has a taste, but it has no taste whatsoever. I didn't know that. Give that a I try. I didn't know that either. Well, give it a try. Wow. See, if, see if Frankie We're fibs. We're all learning <laughs> things here today. The question Thanks, is, guys. is Frankie fibbing? Ah, <laughs> a new segment on the show, I can tell. Fables by Frank. <laughs> Thank you. And thanks for the call and the suggestion, Anna. Very good. 9.50 yeah. <clears throat> our time. And I better get busy. I gotta stand up. I gotta stand oh, up and yeah. do my <clears throat> exercise. Okay. All right. There we go. I there. feel like I was going to say I feel like Jack Lalane, but he's dead. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> more like. Uh, oh, yeah. uh, while you're dancing Richard. and thinking about who you feel like, remember <laughs> that boomers who want freedom to maintain their yes. favorite activities with <sighs> reduced aches and stiffness, <sighs> you can use Sierra Sil yes. because Sierra Sil keeps us limber and pain free. 14 days, you, uh, the Sierra Sil people let, say that everybody should feel better within 14 days or money back guaranteed. You can check them out on the web, sierrasil.ca. <laughs> Frank's doing, doing push-ups push <laughs> on his chair. Sitting down, sitting down I'm doing push-ups. <laughs> All right. You can pick up uh, Sierra Sil at Ambrosia Natural Foods in Newmarket and in Thornhill. You can pick it up at Hooper's Pharmacy in on Main Street in Brampton. Or you can give the people at Sierra Silla Call in Vancouver, and they'll ship it to you. The number there is 1-877-JOINT-14. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You pick the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Yes, Charlie's here and she's just shoveling along here, uh, completing almost the show that today, uh, Saturday. <laughs> April 2 1. 
Sharon in uh, Toronto. Yeah, good morning. Welcome to the show. Hi, Charlie. Yes, good morning. I've got the same darn problem with black ants. Mm -hmm. Silver mound plant. Right. And, you know, I'll plant a new one. I had to replace it so often, and it'll be fine for two, three years. Right. And And then the nest, the time I notice this mound Mm -hmm. coming up, the nest underneath, what, how do I avoid it? I was listening to your previous callers, but... The cinnamon. I was going to say, that's what I do. You know, I'm sorry, I didn't have my radio on, and I had you, um, I didn't have you close to my ear with the phone. Okay, so the the solution that Anna provided to us was just straight powdered cinnamon, sprinkled directly over the nest. Because I've used the boric acid and sugar, and it's a good thing for ants, Mm -hmm. but... It just doesn't kill off. No. Yeah. And, of course, you can't do the boiling water thing when no. you're in the garden because then you'll kill the plant. The plant. Boiling so water is great on the what driveway. What do again? Sorry. So um, just powdered cinnamon. Oh. Go to your local bulk barn and yeah. buy some cinnamon. I got, yep. Um, and then uh, she said she just sprinkles it a fairly solid brown layer. So we're not just talking a little dusting yeah. of, of cinnamon. Yeah. But So what I would do, you know where your silver mound is now. You yeah. know where you've got some ants around that. Oh, yeah. Uh, if the foliage has not spread out onto the ground yet, and it's still quite tight to mm-hmm. the crown. Mm-hmm. I would just go out, you know, wait till the rain finishes mm-hmm. um, tomorrow or Monday, whenever that is, and sprinkle that cinnamon, a nice sort of layer, so you can see oh, brown layer <laughs> on the soil, yeah. on the nest, and it should work. Anna so, says would it you, will. Would you give us a call next week and let us know how, how it worked for you? Yeah, yeah, I'll see. It's such a... Well, actually, I'm thinking... I, I just thought I'd have to get rid of this plant, too. I'll give it a try first. Well, that's right. Yeah. And silver mound is an artemisia. It is a plant that does like hot, dry situations and is very tolerant of drought. So, actually, of all the plants for ants to choose yeah, to love the put, dry. A, put a mound, yeah. that's like about the best. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. And then okay. the rain, I guess, will help get it. If it does, well, it will shower. we we'll get enough. We'll get the cinnamon into the ground more. Well, that's right. Potentially more on if we get a lot of rain. I know we sort of need a lot of rain. So, but yeah, go out right now. Sprinkle some on and and let us know how it works. Okay, thanks. (laughs) Thanks Thanks for your calls, righty, Diane in Thorold. Going to try and squeeze in a couple of calls here. Uh, You've got problems with crane flies, is that right? Mm. Uh, Diane, good day. Good morning, Diane. Hello, Diane. Problems with crane flies for quite a few years. Uh And uh, I know it seems like this morning is your insect morning, <laughs> but um, usually I see them in the fall. Mm-hmm. Now they look like great big mosquitoes and whatever. Mm-hmm. Now I'm seeing them now. Mm. I've just seen a couple out in the back garden. Now the thing is, um, I usually see them around the plants if I'm digging my garden beds or whatever, and you can see the the larvae. And I know because we've had them for so long, I know what they look like. Mm -hmm. But now they're flying now. And we've had them for years. Nobody else seems to have a problem, just us. And I've also done it so that it wouldn't be like watered too much back there, Mm -hmm. let it dry. Mm -hmm. It's been very dry right now. However, <laughs> yesterday I'm seeing them. Okay, so here's what's going on. You obviously have some native crane flies. The native crane flies uh, have two generations every year. So what you're seeing now are the adults emerging that have, um, you know, pupated from the larva. Right. Uh, they're flying around. They're looking for a place to lay eggs. This, mm-hmm. The two generations, one generation emerges now. The other oh. generation emerges later in the summer, usually in August. Yes, yes. 
And you're absolutely right about the dry part of it. The the larval form of crane fly is called a leather jacket. Oh, that's right. Yes. And and it's a yes. leather jacket that does damage. They that's eat right. the roots. And that's, I even see them around my plants when mm. I'm digging. That's right. And they will, just like grubs, eat the roots of your plants and right. cause all kinds of problems. The only known... The only thing I know of that is uh, available to control crane fly larvae called leather jackets are nematodes. Now, it's a different nematode than the grub nematode. And it'll say right on the package, you know, um, nematodes for uh, um, leather jackets. You can get it over the web from NIC, Natural Insect Control. Uh, which is based in St. Catharines. You can order and they'll deliver, or you might be able to buy it at a local uh, quality garden center that has nematodes in stock in a refrigerator because these are living, little living eggs. Yes, right. The trick, the real trick with any nematodes is that the soil has to be warm enough. So a couple of things happen, right? The leather jackets come up to the surface as the soil starts to warm right. and they start eating. Right. You mix up your nematode eggs with water and you water that into the surface of the soil. The nematode egg has to come in contact with the leather jacket. The temperature of the soil has to be sufficient that the eggs will hatch, the nematode eggs. And the moisture level has to be sufficient that the... Um, that the nematode eggs will hatch as well. So you do it's read the instructions very very clearly okay. and you may even it's it's the soil is probably still a bit cold for the nematode eggs to actually be effective. Oh okay, yeah, that's what I was wondering and I was surprised that I would see them flying already. It's cuz the the temp, we're way ahead of schedule in terms of our soil temperatures like we're well, you know, many degrees above normal mm-hmm. in terms of our soil temperatures. However, we're still not at the optimal temperature for for nematode egg uh, hatching. So that's the trick. You might have to wait another 10 days or so, two okay. weeks before you actually use those eggs. But do do try and get a hold of some. And it'll, like I say, it'll say right on the package, nematodes to control leather jackets. Yeah. Um, the thing is now, do I have to do that every year? Or these, do these nematodes, do they live a long time? No, you have oh. to do it every year. <laughs> You do. Yeah, the the, the assumption is is that the nematodes die in the winter; that they do not survive the, the oh, winter. Okay. Uh, so that, so but you may want to spray, like you may want to do the nematode thing twice now and later in August. Okay. Okay. Yes, thank, no, thank you, um, Diane. I'm sorry, we have to kind of run fine. along. I'm glad you got me in, though. <laughs> Thanks for calling. Fresh okay. out of time, my yeah, gosh. Yeah, fresh out of runway. It was the uh, let's, let's Bug You show uh, <laughs> today, and uh, a lot of good questions. Yeah, though. good stuff. I'm glad people are out there. They're paying attention. That's Absolutely. exactly what good gardening is all about. Be preventative. Stay on top of stuff. And stay tuned for Dave's Corner Garage coming up next. And thanks, Dave Gaskin, for all your wonderful support. And thanks, Frank, you and your fables. We'll see you all next <laughs> next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the air and The Garden Show.